Welcome to the Daniel Yoris Podcast. Today, we're talking about quarantine snacks. Time to put that cookie down. There's a video of Arnold yelling into the camera quite aggressively to put the cookie down now. And I thought that was a pretty fitting way to start this and definitely a video that I've sent to a couple people since it was sent to me first in regards to snacking during quarantine and why we're doing all this. So I thought today I should talk about it because it's something, again, that has come up very often over the past year or so that we've been dealing with all this lockdown and quarantine nonsense. So what I want to cover today is a little bit about why I think we tend to snack and get you to ask some questions of yourself as to why it is that you're snacking, as well as give my tips and the best things I use for myself, as well as that I coach with others that have found to work that are both reasonable and will get the job done aside from just saying, don't do it. But as I will say many times, the end of the day, you just got to really put the cookie down. So let's think a little bit further back to March or so when all of the lockdowns and the quarantine started. It was definitely a scary time. We didn't know what was happening, but we all kind of thought, or I thought anyways, that, hey, this is just a two-week thing. We're all going to be at home. Everyone transitions to work from home. We've got all the time in the world. We're infinitely refreshing Twitter and the news cycle and glued to the TV to try and figure out, hey, what, what the hell's going on here? And with that, there was probably a pretty low amount of productivity and actual work done. And so with that came a lot of watching the news cycle, scrolling on our phones, trying to talk to friends and figure out what's happening. As well as that, we also got into binging too much Netflix, trying all the new baking recipes, probably wine, beer, whiskey, whatever your thing is every night. And of course, the snacks come with all of that. Obviously, things didn't last for two weeks. It lasted for quite a while now. And so we you know, adjusted to working from home. And I feel that probably most people have become actually productive at home and we're not just wasting time. And we've probably all gotten sick of the news and we're probably barely following it now and just waiting to hear when we can go back to normal. But one thing that seems to have stuck is the snacking and we just can't stop doing it. It was only a matter of time after that before all the memes come out online, the quarantine 15 and everyone talking about how much weight they've gained in quarantine, and I don't even you know, wear a proper pair of pants anymore. I've only worn sweatpants, and I'm not even realizing how much weight I've gained. And then next thing you know, it's almost summer, and although there wasn't anywhere to go, really, you try and look at that bathing suit, it's like, hmm, I, I don't know about this anymore. I don't know about that bathing suit that used to fit me so well. Time was passing quickly, obviously. Every day felt like the same. The snacking continued day in, day out, every night crushing shows on Netflix or whatever services you watch TV shows on. And it was just really starting to add up and we we're all really starting to pack on the pounds. For the most part, I bet you're probably eating healthy, you know, aside from the whole support local movement, which was obviously a good thing in general. However, when you're using this as an excuse to frequently eat out and frequently eat less healthy food than you normally would, poses some other downsides. But for the most part, I like to imagine that most of us, after the initial buzz, we're eating pretty well in terms of our actual meals, aside from the snacking, which is where it all caught up to us. I heard from so many people, oh, I'm buying you know, three times as many chips as I usually buy or a couple extra boxes of cookies per week because I just can't stop eating them and I just seem, they just seem to be running out all the time. The ice cream, the whatever your, whatever your thing is, it was just adding up and running out all the time and you felt like you were always buying them because you were always finishing them. I think another important part of realizing what happened here is that a lot of us at the beginning were really on the home workout kick. It was really 
interesting to see as someone who's a trainer and a coach, I was actually impressed at the number of people I saw online who were really hopping onto all of the Instagram live and the YouTube follow along workouts. And, you know, I think by now we already know my opinion of all those things and it's, I'm not the biggest fan of them, but I am a fan of exercise in general. So I was happy to see that people were doing it. However, despite everyone doing this and, you know, every influencer's 30 day challenge, two week lockdown workout challenge, whatever it is, we were still gaining weight. And so how does that happen? I'm working out seven days a week, yet I'm still gaining weight. What's going on here? There's uh, an old saying in, I guess, bodybuilding or fitness in general that you can't out-train a bad diet. What that means is that no matter how hard you train, if your diet sucks, your body physique is not going to improve. Now, inevitably, somebody will listen to that and say, oh, but so-and-so professional athlete eats 8,000, 10,000 calories a day. They eat McDonald's. Usain Bolt ate chicken McNuggets at the Olympics, and he was the fastest man in the world. Yeah, okay. When you are one of the greatest athletes to ever walk the face of the earth, then you can do whatever you want if you're still performing well. Until then, let's not use that as a real excuse. So what happened here? I don't want to talk about this too much because it's a little bit off topic, but how is it possible that we could be working out six, seven days a week, doing our home workouts and you know sweating and working hard, but still gaining weight? It really comes down to how weight gain happens. In a very simple formula, weight gain comes down to consuming more calories than you're burning. When you exercise, your body uses calories as well as just living. Your body uses calories as energy. Now, when you exercise, you do a really hard workout. You might burn somewhere from three to 500 calories. Now, your Apple Watch and whatever other fitness tracking devices, they're all great and I think they have a very good place. We know that they are not the most accurate in terms of counting the amount of calories that are actually burned during a bout of exercise. And that's fine. It doesn't matter. They are what I would describe as consistently inaccurate. So if it's reading that you're burning 800 calories and then the next workout, you it says 600, probably in that 800 calorie workout, you burned more than the 600 calorie workout, but it wasn't actually 800. Now, it doesn't really matter how many calories you're burning. My point here is, say you have a crushing workout and you actually use up four or 500 calories. If you actually look at the nutrition information on all the snacks that you eat, chips, cookies, whatever, it is extremely easy to put back that amount of calories and way more without even thinking twice about it. So you can crush yourself for an hour a day in the gym, even two hours a day. But if you're going to eat garbage snacks, you're going to put back those calories and then some. And even though you're exercising, you'll still gain weight. Now you would gain more weight had you not been exercising, but it doesn't change the fact that you're still in a caloric surplus and therefore you're going to be gaining weight. So yes, exercise is good. However, it's not just enough to offset eating poorly. Weight gain aside, you don't need me to tell you that the snacking is not healthy for you. In fact, if you're listening to this, I'm sure you have been struggling with it or maybe you did in the past or you know someone else who is. And so you're trying to change or stop that habit. However, despite knowing that it's not healthy or ideal, we still continue to do it and it's hard to stop and I'm not blaming anyone and it, it definitely is something that's difficult. So I want to just mention a few things as to why I think some reasons are that we might be snacking and again, knowing the reasons why we're doing it might help us to actually stop. So one is probably just out of boredom. There's not a whole lot to do. You know, you finish your work day and you move from your quote unquote office, which is probably just a desk or maybe your kitchen table 
and then you plop yourself on the couch. There's nowhere else to go. And so uh, I'm just bored. Uh, let me wander into the kitchen, grab a box of crackers and oh, here we go. Half a box later and we're snacking and feeling bad about ourselves again. So being bored is certainly not helping the issue here. But again, if we can notice that we just do eat and tend to kind of pick at something while we're watching TV or doing something mindless, then we can try and stop that. So if we know that boredom is something that triggers our snacking, then pay attention to that and try and fix it. The second is just availability, I think. What I mean by availability is, yeah, it was it was tough to get to the grocery store and whatnot at, at some point, but with the amount of you know food delivery and grocery delivery stuff, there is it's really easy to kind of get our hands on snacks and unhealthy food. Aside from that, though, the fact that we're home all the time means that snacks are always pretty close by. Even if you're at the office, like chances are you don't have just a stash of cookies in your office desk, and maybe you do, and that's fine. But you don't have a lot of different things that are just tempting you at the office all the time. So when we're at home, we do have these things in our house. Maybe they're not at our desk, but you know, with a place that you're working is not actually that far away from your kitchen where all the snacks are stored. So the fact that they're just close by and we always have them around and the food delivery apps and just the way that all the marketing and the ease of buying things, you're just scrolling through the grocery delivery app and, oh, sure, I'll just add that box or that bag of chips because, oh, it's on sale. Of course, I'll get it. No problem. And so again, noticing that we're having it just because it's there and because it's bored. If we can, if these are things that you think apply to you, then you know, make note of that and let's try and fix that. A third reason I think that a lot of us are snacking is simply because it's been a tough time. Again, we're stressed. We're you know, there's a lot of uncertainty and all that. And these snack foods and these junk foods they make us feel good. And this is not just a oh, it's randomly makes us happy. There is an actual biochemical mechanism taking place here. And I won't get into the scientific details of it, but essentially these sugary and processed snacks, they work in such a way that reduces actual stress levels in our body. It causes a huge insulin release in the body. Insulin, quote unquote, opposes cortisol in the body. So when insulin spikes, cortisol decreases. When cortisol decreases, we have feelings of less stress as cortisol is the stress hormone. So don't take me to task on that one. But in a nutshell, that's kind of what's going on. And so the fact that these snacks do make us feel better about the world, about life, about just feeling better in general is part of the reason why we keep going back to it because we finish our work day and we're just you know upset and maybe didn't have a good day. Your boss is pissing you off or whatever it is. And that bag of chips makes you feel a little bit better or less bad even, but it's something that keeps you coming back. So sort of like an addiction. I don't want to use that word really, but it helps us to overcome whatever it is that we're feeling and makes us just feel better. Another thing that maybe you probably haven't thought about is I think a lot of people have adopted this sort of who cares attitude in terms of their physique, if you will. And in a sense, this is a good thing because I think a lot of people are far too caught up in the specific way that they look or their body appears to others and probably only you notice it more than anybody else. But what happens here is for a while, you you don't care. Oh, I'm not seeing anybody. I can just wear sweatpants all day. I don't have to go out anywhere. I'm not wearing a bathing suit anytime soon. And so you get this, uh, whatever, I'll just, you know, if I gain a little bit of weight, who cares? And then all of a sudden, something happens where now you, you know, eventually we are going to come out of this. You'll have to go to an event. Maybe you got to put on a dress shirt for some Zoom meeting or a, a dress or I don't know. I don't know what will happen, but you will have to you will want to look good or you'll just try go in your closet and try and put on a pair of pants or something that 
you used to wear and you'd be like, oh shit, this doesn't fit anymore. This is not good. And now it's kind of like, it's just gone too far. The who cares attitude has just gone a little bit too far. I think that this stopped a little bit in the summer in Toronto anyways, when our kind of lockdown was nearly over. But it's something I think, again, to just pay attention to. If you're having this attitude of uh, who cares, again, I like it because I don't think that we should be so self-conscious and so worried about our physical appearance in that way. However, if you're going to commit to not caring about it, then then commit to not caring about it. You can't just not care about it now. And then when it gets to a certain point, then you care about it. And then you're upset at yourself that you let it get this way. And then it's just this vicious cycle of not caring, being upset, making it worse, and then not caring. And then it just gets worse and worse and worse over time. So to answer the who cares question, the answer is you. You you care. Maybe you're not seeing anybody. Maybe you're not you know, going out on dates or you know, just seeing coworkers or just random people in the street, but you still care about the way you look and you should care about the way you look because it matters. Aesthetics are not everything. Health and strength and the way that we feel in our bodies is far more important, but the way that we look is also part of that. And I think people who discount that are are just missing the point a little bit. So the last thing I think is one of the main reasons as to why we're snacking so much is as humans, we're creatures of habit. And so now it's just become our routine. You no longer have something else to look forward to after work, or even as much as we all kind of hate the commute to work, that was a sort of me time or it was part of your routine. And so now we've lost a lot of those routines by being at home all the time. And so we replace it. You finish dinner, you grab your snacks and watch Netflix for the rest of the night and you know do whatever you want. But understand that you've created this routine and that's part of breaking the habit. So sometimes to change something that's a routine is you need to replace that routine with something else. And we'll talk a little bit next about what some of those strategies might be. So before I get into some usable strategies as to how to help with this, I want to make it clear that I don't think that you should never eat a snack again. I'm not sitting here telling you that I never eat chips or cookies or cake or chocolate or whatever it is, but we do need to be able to control it. I think personally, I'm a little bit blessed and it's not because I'm a a coach or a trainer or a fitness person in terms of the snacking stuff but in my house growing up we always and even now we always had chocolate or cake or there's always stuff that's around and so I never get really like excited when it's there because it's just always there so I can have it when I want but I can stop at just one or just a little bit or whatever it is and I know that you know a lot of people didn't didn't grow up with this and so we have this attitude of, well, if it's there, I'm going to eat all of it because I don't know when it's coming again and it's just so exciting and so delicious. So I was definitely lucky in in that, but I do understand the other side of it. And so I have thought a lot about this and kind of worked on it myself as to how to actually eliminate this. One other thing that I would like to sort of clear up, I think there's two ways to approach this is that it's sort of an all or nothing approach or a gradual and more realistic approach. And this really comes down to your psychology and what type of person you are and what might work for you. Some people I know, they can't handle having just a little bit because for whatever reason, if they have one, they're going to have a hundred. So that person, if that's you, we'll talk about some strategies to how to completely eliminate it for the time being anyways. On the other hand, some people, they really can't do the whole all or nothing thing and they need to take a more consistent approach. I think in general, this is the way to go long term. However, it's not always the easiest way to start if that's just not how you work. And this is not just about food. This is with everything. Some people say, oh, if I'm going to exercise, I need to exercise every day. I can't just do it three times a week because that's not enough for me to actually make it a habit. I need to do it every single day. And you know, again, that's fine. This is more of a psychology thing than anything. 
but you just need to understand what type of person you are in terms of the way you change your habits and the way you motivate yourself, and then we'll work backwards from there. So the three tips that I'm going to give you today that we'll go over is, I'll just list them here and then we'll talk about each of them. The first one is just stop buying them. Don't have them around the house. The second is to stop eating the snacks out of the bag or the package that it came from and actually portion it out in a bowl or a plate and then eat it out of that. And the third is actually eating more during your meal times. So let's break those down. Don't buy it at all. This obviously sounds so easy. Just stop buying snacks. If they're not in your house, you're not going to eat them. I've never met anyone who, you know, was sitting at home on a Wednesday night and just was had a craving for chips and actually got up off the couch, went to the store, bought chips, and then came back. And even, you know, whatever delivery apps, you're probably not going to order a bag of chips on Uber Eats or whatever it is. So just not having it available to you goes a long way in not actually eating it. Now, this requires a little bit of discipline. When you do go grocery shopping, you need to successfully walk past that aisle despite the sales, despite the flashy colors and the marketing tactics used to get you to buy these things. But if you can do that and not have them around the house, then there is a significantly higher chance that you will not eat them. And when you do, it'll be you know few and far between. And so it's much less quote unquote damaging if you're crushing a bag of chips the whole bag, but you do it once every two or three weeks rather than three or four times every week, that's much, much better. This obviously is easier when you live on your own and there's not other people in the house. A lot of people who you know you live with roommates or your family, if you're a parent or whoever, and it's always, oh, I'm buying it for so-and-so. It's for somebody else. It's not for me, but then it's in the house and so I have it anyways. And that's totally fine. That's true. Maybe there's another argument to be had about maybe nobody in your house should be should be eating it, but if you're going to start depriving kids of those little snacks, then speaking from a purely nutritional standpoint, that's obviously healthy. Speaking from a enjoying life standpoint, I would not want to take away a few snacks from some kids every now and then. So this is probably the most actionable and applicable tip that I have is to actually pay attention to how much you're eating by removing whatever snack it is from the package that it comes from and putting it into a bowl or a plate. Let's just go with chips. It's just going to make this example easier. If you grab the whole bag of chips and sit on the couch, you're probably not really thinking about the chips. You're just engaged in whatever show you're watching, you know, scrolling on your phone, whatever. And so you're just, you keep dipping your hand in, dipping your hand in, dipping your hand in, and you stop when it's empty or when the show ends or, you know, when you've run out of Instagram posts to look at or whatever it is that you're consumed by that's when you stop snacking or you stop when when the bag is done, right? So if we make that bag be done faster by putting it into a bowl, then you're automatically going to have less. The other side of this is you're going to be way more conscious of how much you're eating. I bet when you do this, you're going to reach into that bag, grab a handful, put it into a bowl, and then you'll probably turn around and look at the nutrition facts on that thing and say, oh, what what actually is a serving? And it'll say something like, you know, seven chips, which I don't know anyone, I've never met anyone who's eaten only seven chips, but you'll look at it and you'll count that handful and it'll be, you know, 37 chips. And you'll say, shit, that's a lot. That's a lot of calories. Oops. But that's fine. But the point is you're eating 37, not 107. So by actually just putting it into a container, you're more likely to not go refill that container. If you're sitting on a couch and just mindlessly watching TV or whatever it is, you're you're not really engaged or thinking about the chips that you're eating. It's just something that you're doing because you're doing it. 
And so when the bowl ends, you are significantly less likely to, you know, pause your show, get up off the couch, go fill the the bowl again with more chips and then keep eating them. It's, I mean, maybe it'll happen, but probably it won't happen. And so again, this way you'll just stop sooner and be again, more conscious of how much it is you're eating and what you're eating and how many of them you're eating without even really realizing it. Now, the third one, I think this one might actually be the most effective tip. However, it is the least direct, I guess, because it has to do with the rest of the food that we're eating in a day. So sometimes I find that we'll snack only because you get a little bit of a hunger pang. And it's not like you're actually hungry. You had dinner. You don't need to eat, but it's like you just get bored enough that you feel hungry for a second and it's like, "Mm, maybe I'll just grab a snack. So if we can avoid feeling hungry, then again, it's just one less trigger to get up and go grab a snack. So how to do this is by eating more at your actual meals. Now, this is assuming that you're eating relatively healthy meals. If your meals are consisting of, you know, french fries and chicken nuggets, then eating more of those in replace of eating chips is not really solving a problem here. But what I'm talking about is actual food. Again, we talk about the calories and the weight gain where if you are having a dinner of chicken and whatever vegetables and some potatoes, how much chicken breast are you really going to eat? You can eat a thousand calories worth of chips or cookies without even thinking twice about it. And you can even double that and not even notice. You're not going to eat a thousand calories of chicken without noticing. And you probably won't even get there because it's just not that kind of food. The other side of it is it's going to keep you fuller for way longer. Like no one eats a bag of chips and then says, oh, I'm stuffed now. I don't think that's ever happened, but you'll have a, you know, a piece of salmon and a steak you know, potatoes, rice, vegetables, whatever, and be like, oh, I'm really full now because it's good food that fills you up and it'll keep you full for longer. Therefore, again, less likely to grab the snacks afterwards. So trying to increase the amount of protein you're eating at meals, which is a good thing in general for different reasons, but it's going to keep you fuller for longer. So again, you're less likely to have the snacks. Same thing with vegetables. The fiber will probably slow your digestion down a little bit and again, keep you fuller for longer, which is kind of the point here. So The other side of that, again, just to recap, I mentioned the calorie count is the volume of food is not equal to the calories. So if you hold a palm full of chicken breast and a palm full of cookies, just because they are the same size and they take up the same volume in your stomach, that doesn't make them calorically equal or doesn't make them fill you up the same. So again, you're significantly less likely to overeat on actual healthy food, whereas the opposite is true for junky food and snack stuff where you can easily overeat without even thinking twice or knowing about it. Now, I mentioned this briefly at the beginning, and it's the underlying theme of all of this here, and it just comes down to self-discipline. It's the unfortunate truth of all of this where you really just need to put the cookie down. At the end of the day, you can kind of use all these tips and tricks and whatever you want to stop eating the snacks, but if you're going to be constantly thinking about Oh, damn, I really want some chips. I really want cookies. And you're like forcing yourself. Eventually you're going to break. You can't just do that. You're going to substitute something else for that, which is maybe it's better, but maybe it's worse too. This really just comes down to you deciding that you want to do this for you and then making it happen. No, it's not going to be easy. And you might have to go slow. You're going to mess up. And again, you're still going to have snacks. You're not just going to never eat another chip again or another cookie again. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about the snacks, the snacking that is 
just unconscious and seemingly unending, and it's every day or several days a week. So the bottom line for all of this is, if you want to stop eating snacks, stop eating snacks. Again, we don't make the rules. It's very easy to start complaining, oh, I've gained weight, the quarantine 15 and all this stuff, and we complain, it's so hard. But you're also doing the things that contribute to that. It doesn't happen by accident. You didn't gain weight by accident. Things don't just happen for no reason. If you are doing the actions that are going to lead to the results that you're getting and then you're not happy with it, well, you need to change those actions or you can't be unhappy with the results. Because again, we don't make the rules and this is just how things go. Not to put a damper on all that, but at the end of the day, these tips and tricks will help you. However, it does come down to you actually deciding to make a change for yourself. I hope what you've taken from today is a better understanding of the habits around snacking and maybe asked yourself and maybe answered some questions as to why it is you're snacking the way that you are and what you can probably do to better help get control of the situation. Again, I don't want to use the word stop, but we want to control the situation, right? So I hope that this has helped you. If it has helped you and you implement any of these things, definitely let me know. I'd love to hear about it. If you have any other tips and tricks that have worked for you or your family members or friends or whatnot definitely also let me know. Instagram probably is the best place to reach me. My Instagram handle is just my name at Daniel Yoris. I would love to hear from you. And also if, again, this helped you out today, I'd really appreciate if you were able to leave a rating and review and maybe subscribe to the podcast as well. Until then, hopefully put that damn cookie down and we'll see you soon.